Welcome to the Commands of Christ podcast brought to you by the Home Discipleship Network. We're excited about guiding people to the Word of God to experience the abundant life and to be encouraged as they walk as disciples of Jesus all through the power of Christ living in us. And now, your hosts, Gabe Cleeter and Nate Payne. So we've been talking about the command of Christ, honor God's law. And that command can be found in Matthew 5, 17, where Jesus says, think not that I'm come to destroy the law or the prophets. I'm not come to destroy, but to fulfill. And in this episode specifically, we're going to be talking about how the command of Christ honor God's law applies to us today. And I want to start out, Gabe, by reading a couple verses that I think are really eye-openers for me when we talk about God's law and its application to us. And that's found in Psalm 19, verse 7, where it says, the law of the Lord is perfect. I love that. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. And then it goes on to say, the testimonies of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. When I think of something that's perfect, I think of something that's complete. It's not lacking anything. And I think that's such a such a beautiful picture of God's law when we're when we're talking about. And then also Paul makes a very interesting statement about the law of God in Romans 7:14 and he says, "For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin." So, we have the law of God as being perfect, right? And then we also have the law of God being something spiritual. And so as we consider this command to honor God's law and how it applies to our life, I think more than we know, this command has a lot of application to us. And one of the reasons why I say that is when Jesus came on the scene, when we see this specifically in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, he lists several different aspects of the law, but he just doesn't stop there. He goes on to really express the heart of the law. And I love Matthew 5, 6, and 7, because it's just, it's like Jesus says, you have heard that it's been said, you know, thou shalt not kill. And then he says, but whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause is in danger of the judgment, right? And, and then he goes down through the list. But as we talked about in the last episode, the law of God really does have a lot of application to our day-to-day life. Gabe, wouldn't you say that it, that it, it is applicable? And I think that as Jesus was working through, even as you mentioned on the Sermon on the Mount and other places, it's like he didn't lessen the law. He actually showed the heart behind it. In other words, he said it's not that you're, you know, just not supposed to kill, right? It's not just thou shalt not kill. It's actually that if you're angry with your brother and hating your brother, it's the same as murdering him in your heart, right? right. And he said it's not enough just to not commit the action of adultery. That's right. He said if you look on a woman to lust after her, you've committed adultery with her already in your heart. Mm -hmm. And so you see he actually didn't lower the bar, he raised it. He actually raised it, yeah. And in many ways, I think what he was doing is he was showing the heart of the law. So, like, it wasn't, the purpose of the law was not just for outward conformity, i.e. I don't kill, i.e. I don't commit adultery, although, of course, we're not supposed to do those things. 
but it was to reach the heart, right? right? To expose the condition of our heart and our need for Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, And so our need for the Lord Jesus, who was speaking these words, right? So he was sharing the heart behind the law of God in that it wasn't just a matter of what I do, but even a matter of what's in my heart. And I think that was part of what God was trying to expose there. Right, and I think if you emphasize the law without emphasizing the heart of the law, I think that leads into some very dangerous waters, wouldn't you say? Yes, because I think that we can tend to think, oh, as long as I'm conforming myself outwardly, I'm okay. Like, for example, I think this is what some of what happened with the rich young ruler, where he comes and um, he says, oh, he comes, what must I do to um, have eternal life? And um, Jesus lists out some of the, some commands and, and his responses, I've, all these things have I done from my youth. And then Jesus strikes right at the heart of it. And he says, um, basically, go sell all you have and follow mm. me. And it like struck Because that's the heart. where his heart was. It was. It was like towards covetousness, I think, and idolatry. And it said he went away sorrowful. And mm. I think though God's purpose in doing that, Jesus' purpose in doing that, was to expose to this rich young ruler that he couldn't save himself, that mm. he needed a savior, that he wasn't mm. saved by doing the law. He, the law exposed to him that he needed Jesus as his savior. Um, and obviously, he didn't receive it at that point. And um, we don't know in the future if he did or not, because scripture doesn't record that. But I think when we start getting into talking about the law, I think right away we have to um, confront something that comes up. Because I think we talk about the law, one of the first things people say, but isn't that legalism, right? Right. And, or isn't that legalistic? You don't want to right. be legalistic, right, is, is, the, is oftentimes the word that's used. I think it's important to note, first off, when we look at the issue of legalism or, or being legalistic, that the word legalism is actually not in Scripture, not mm-hmm. even once. Never mm-hmm. once is the word legalism used in Scripture. Right. So, uh, and sometimes I think the way this word is used, even when you're talking about things that Jesus taught um, and, the, and the standard that he held— if you begin to talk about it, a way that people shut down the conversation is, oh, that's legalist, right? That's legalism right. because when the law comes, I'm exposed. It makes me uncomfortable. Right. And so I just want to say that's legalism, okay? Which, which so, can be a way out in many ways. And, 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 and silence the conversation. Right. Okay, right. that's legalism. Right. Um, so that being said, so I think that there can, be, there can be a use of that term of legalism to try to silence my guilty conscience of, well, that's just legalism. Now, that being said, I think sometimes when people use the phrase legalism, what they're referring to, and this would be the right use of the term, I may not use the term legalism because it's not in scripture, but, but if we were using that term legalism, I think a right um, challenge that people come to and say, yes, this is indeed not right, that they would label as legalism is when, when, um, when referring to the law, if someone says the lie that, oh, well, we're saved by obeying the law or by keeping the law. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely not true. Right. We are not that's, saved, that's right. justified, made righteous by obeying the law. We are saved by Jesus Christ and him Amen. alone. Right? E- scripture really is clear on this point. Um, it says in Philippians 3, 9, and be found in him, speaking of Christ, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. And so we see that our righteousness is not obtained by us obeying the law. It's obtained by Christ living in us. That's, that's right. the only way, even later um, in Matthew 5, where our command comes from, mm-hmm. Jesus says, accept your righteousness, exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. You shall in no case enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, there's no way our righteousness could exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. So we need the righteousness of another, and that Amen. person's name is Jesus. Amen. And the law exposes us for that need. The law exposes to us our need for our Savior, but it doesn't save us. Jesus saves us. So we need mm-hmm. the law to expose mm-hmm. us, but then we need Jesus to right. save us, right? right. It, it says in um, 
Galatians 2.21, I do not frustrate the grace of God. If righteousness came by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. It says in Romans 3.20, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. That's in Romans 3.20. Mm-hmm. So I think we have to, Scripture is very clear on this. We're not saved by obeying the law. We're not justified or made righteous by obeying the law. We're saved by Jesus. And a lot of actually what Galatians is talking about when it's referring to the law is it's saying, it's talking about that the law couldn't justify us. It mm-hmm. couldn't save us. Only mm-hmm. Jesus can do that. The law has a function and a purpose, right. but it couldn't save us. Only right. Jesus is the one that saves us. So I just want to be really clear that as our listeners are listening, as we talk about the importance and and the power of God's law, we need to understand its purpose and function and that the law doesn't save us. Jesus saves us. Amen. I also think it's important to see that, so that sometimes when people say something's legalistic, they're saying it's legalistic when someone says, oh, you have to obey the law to be saved, which is obviously not true. We don't have to obey the law to be saved. We're saved by Jesus. That's right. Um, Another thing I think sometimes people, when they refer to legalism, are referring to is when someone gives a standard to live, but then gives no power to live it. Yeah. In other words, say, this is what you're supposed to do, and you better not right. mess up, and here right. it is. And then you try, and you fail, and you try, and you fail, and you try, and you fail, and you're like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And it's like, this is a weight I could never do. And to realize that when God gave us his law, he also, he didn't just give us his law and then leave us there. He then gave us Christ who could fulfill the righteousness of the law in us. Mm-hmm. Scripture says in Philippians 2.13, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Um, 1 Thessalonians 5.24 says, faithful is he who called you who also will do it. So God doesn't just give us commands. He also gives us the divine enabling of Jesus Mm -hmm. to do in and through us. Mm -hmm. Without that reality, this doesn't work. The best we can be is miserable failures at doing the commands of Christ. That's right. Apart from Christ himself living in us and doing it through us. So I think as we look at this issue of legalism, we need to see that we're not mm-hmm. saying that you're saved by obeying the mm-hmm. law, you're saved by Jesus. We're also not saying that you can do it in the power of your flesh. You need Jesus to do it in and through you. And actually, the law exposes my need for Jesus to save me. It mm-hmm. also exposes me, my need for Jesus to sanctify mm-hmm. me. And this is a big part of the function of the law. Yes, and I think talking about legalism and our response to God's law and when we start talking about God's law Gabe I think that's that's really where most modern Christianity today is in the sense of when they look at the law of God it I think a lot of times there's just this thought of I can't do it mm-hmm. and not just that thought but I also think there's an additional thought that goes with it that says, and there's no way to do it. And I think that's where the bitterness comes in. That's where the confusion comes in, is that if if I can't do it, then the assumption is there's no way to do it. But that's not true. Christ or God made a way and it was through and it is through Jesus Christ, because I think that really captures the picture and the idea of the word fulfill. Christ is the fulfiller of the law. And if I want to walk in a manner and in a lifestyle of fulfilling the law, I can't walk the way I want to walk. I can't walk the way I want to live my life. I have to walk with my life in submission to the lordship of Jesus Christ. And when I do that, the natural outcome of my life is fulfilling the law, right? Because he says, he gave the two greatest commandments are what? 
love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. If I'm putting God first, loving him with all of my heart, he is the one that enables me to love my neighbor and to do what is right. Amen. And I and I think that what you're touching on really does show part of what the purpose and the function of the law is. And a big part of the reason I believe God gave us his law, we talked about that it was to express his heart. We talked about that it was just to, because he wanted us to be the same as him. But what the law exposed to us was that we weren't the same as him. It exposed right. to us our inability that's and right. our need. And I think that, that was a that's a big purpose of the law is when, is, is first of all, before you're saved, right? Before someone's right, saved. right. The law exposes to them their need for a savior, right? Amen. It says that it talks about in scripture that the law is a schoolmaster that brings us to Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the the law exposes to us our need. This law exposes, first of all, to someone that's not saved, it exposes to them their need for a savior. Right. That they can't save themselves, that they need a savior. But then also as a saved person, the law continuously reminds me after I'm saved that I need Jesus Hallelujah. to live and walk yes. on a daily basis, this walk that yes. God's this Christian life, right? And so because we need to be reminded, because we tend to naturally slip into self-confidence and thinking that we can do it. Kind of like, right. God, you save me. No, I'm going to go sanctify me. It tends to be what we yes. think. We think we can do it. And so we need a reminder that I can't do it. Amen. You know, a big part of the purpose of the law, if I come to the law, I say, wow, I try to do it. I can't do it. Then that's correct. We've come to the right conclusion. The law was supposed that's to right. bring us to that that's conclusion. Right. I can't do it. But then what it also is, what then we see is I can't but he can. Amen. And that's like this command. Think not that I'm come to destroy the law and the prophets. I'm not come to destroy, but to fulfill. That's so right. in other words, you can't, but he can. Yep. And he wants to do it in you and he wants to do it through you. You know, um, in the in the book, The Normal Christian Life, Watchman Nee said, we need to have our weakness prove to ourselves beyond dispute. That is why God gave us the law. Wow. And I think that's so good because it was like God gave us his law to prove to us, to show us our weakness and our ability so that we would embrace Christ as the doer of law to live it and do it in and through us because we could never do it ourselves. That's right. And I love Paul's challenge to the the believers in the Galatian church, I believe it was, where it's in Romans 3.20, or um, I'm sorry, Galatians 3.3. 3, he says, are you so foolish Having begun in the spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? And just like thinking that um, it, it's, it's not our works, it's not our abilities um, that save us or sanctify us. It is the living spirit of God in control of my life and, and and me allowing him to have that control in every area and 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 aspect and I think that's that's powerful it's not the law is not just for a non-believer the law is for a believer too in the sense of as I meditate it as I put my mind upon it as I soak it in it is that fresh and new reminder, not only of my inability, but praise God, his ability and what he can do as I submit myself to him. So it's, it's, it's really refreshing in that way. And so for our listeners, we hope you guys have been encouraged as we've talked about how this command on our God's law applies.
applies to us today. In our next episode, we want to go deeper into this and cover the topic, so how do we do it? And I think it's going to be really interesting as we move forward to see that not only that this command is applicable to us today, but also God has made a way for us to honor and to live in a, in a way that, that gives brings him glory um, by honoring his law. So I hope you've been encouraged. I pray that you guys will go deeper in your walk with the Lord. This will encourage you to seek the Lord, to seek him through his word. If you've been encouraged, share this podcast with others. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. And until next time, God bless you guys. Thank you for joining us on this journey through the commands of Christ, brought to you by the Home Discipleship Network. If you would like to go deeper in this month's focus, head over to homediscipleshipnetwork.org, where you can download a free study guide to accompany each command. And if today is your first time with us, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you will be able to join us each week as we explore the commands of Christ together. That's it for today, and we'll be back with more next week.